Hey, we sure hope you're enjoying the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, but you know, we're not doing this alone. No, we're not. There's over a dozen other podcasters at theultimateradioshow.com. You know, over a dozen, that means you could listen to one new podcast every day for two weeks. Where should they listen to the podcast? Well, not in my van. Why is that? Because there's always about a dozen kids in the back of it, and you can't hear anything. Well, how about late at night when it's nice and quiet? Okay. Is it ever late at night and quiet at our house? No. (laughs) No, we never get quiet at our house. That's homeschooling in real life. But hey, we want to encourage you to head over to theultimateradioshow.com, check out a few podcasts, and tell them that Fletch and Ken sent you. If you tell them that, they will send you your very own six-year-old. Well, we'll send him a six-year-old. Yes, bubble wrapped. And the best part, when you get him, he'll open it up and he'll pop all that bubble wrap while you're trying to get something accomplished. It's awesome. awesome. Thanks for listening. Head on over to theultimateradioshow.com. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast, with your hosts, Andy and Kendra Fletcher. As veteran homeschooling parents, Fletch and Kendra discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other in the gospel. The Homeschooling IRL podcast promises to be honest, transparent, and witty as they uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And welcome back to another edition of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast, or as we like to call it, Homeschooling IRL. This, uh, this week's episode is called, I'm Thinking About Homeschooling. But, and that's that, a big but. <laughs> that is a big but. <laughs> hey, you know what we did this week is we decided to talk to some of our listeners who might be potential homeschoolers. Right. These would be people who are thinking about homeschooling, mm-hmm. but maybe they have an objection to it, or and, and, and rightfully so, right? Oh, yes. I mean, you and I are the first people to agree and we've talked about this, that really the last 25 years of homeschooling, there's been some wackiness. There, Well, hello. That's why we have homeschooling in real life. We're talking about some of the wackiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we thought we would do is take this topic and uh, just take it out to the streets. So armed with our iPhones, <laughs> we shoved them in people's faces <laughs> and we asked them questions that said something like this. I'm thinking about homeschooling, but... And then we let them fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Let's take a listen to what we captured on tape. I'm worried that I want to have enough time. I'm worried that I won't be disciplined enough and that we won't get all of our work done. We'll get super behind. We're thinking about homeschooling, but we're concerned about the time commitment that it takes and the socialization of our baby with other kids right now. I think it's great, um, but my wife's concerned that she's going to do a great job teaching the kids. Um, but I have no worries about that since she's awesome. I'm concerned that it would be too much work for my wife. Um, I am worried that I won't have significant, no, sorry, sufficient knowledge or skills to teach them everything that they need to know so that then when they go on to college or whatever their job is, they won't have all of the skills or the education that they need because of my lack of knowledge. Too hard to try to find curriculum, too much administration, keeping track of grades. I'm afraid I'll get too overwhelmed staying home all the time with the kids. (laughs) I would say it would depend on our children and if it would be, if my relationship with my children would be better served as mother and not teacher then I would consider not homeschooling them. 
afraid my kids um, will not know what the real world is like and will not be able to um, be able to relate and speak the gospel to people's lives if they don't know how to interact with those types of kids. Thanks. Well, hey, those were great responses. They were. They were honest, I think. Yeah, we want to thank our uh, willing participants. I mean, we went up to them with... uh, iPhones dangling in their face and just asking questions. So uh, we want to thank everybody that gave us answers. But really, you know, we've broken this down into maybe three main sections, Mm -hmm. if I listened closely. And I think the first one would be, uh, you know, homeschooling is just too much work or I'm not sure about the time commitment. You know, the second one, maybe uh, we're lacking the ability or the resources to homeschool. And Mm -hmm. then I think the third one we heard in there was our old favorite uh, socialization, but in this case, maybe they wouldn't be able to evangelize in the public school. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just take those one at a time and just talk through them? Okay. So too much work, not enough time. Yes. Yeah. So if you think that, <laughs> I mean, really, if you're if you're that's, listening, that's the answer. <laughs> yes. That is a very true statement. I mean, when I when yeah. I hear those people say that, yeah, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. And here's what I tell people. Every time I'm asked about, or, you know, people say, oh, I'm thinking about homeschooling. And I say, if you are not 100% committed, even if it's just like a trial year, you know, oh, we're just going to try it this semester or this year. We're going to see how it goes. That's fine. Commit for that semester or that year. Be all in. Because I think, no, I don't think. I know that the frustration is when there are so many other things on the plate and you're feeling like you're trying to squeeze homeschooling in. You really can't do it that way. You have to see homeschooling as the um, really the bulk of your day, okay? So I'll be honest and tell you that I like summers better <laughs> because homeschooling is off the docket, and I can focus on homemaking and um, you know all the other things that we're, we're trying to accomplish. It is a lot of work. Yeah. That's true. Now, let's talk about the truth, though. Let's let's pull the veil back. Okay. Um, public school, you and I went to public school growing up. Yep. What what time did you leave in the morning to go to school? Probably about 7.30. Yeah, about I 7.30. Mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I remember uh, Blackford Elementary starting at 8.06 a.m. What? Because it was always <laughs> some... Dude. I know. <laughs> Boy, hurlers, you're going to enjoy bits of my memory. Uh, I have some What's crazy... your junior high locker combination? 842.6. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, locker 237. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> yes, really. No, so, you know, we uh, we would leave. I remember school starting at 8, and you'd yeah. get out at what time? 2 to 3, somewhere in there? Oh, no, no. Here, you ready? Yes. High school, 2.56 p.m., Bullard High, Fresno, California. Yeah. You know that, and you're making fun of me. <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember my locker combination. Well, I was very – hey, let's just stop for a second. I was deathly afraid <laughs> when I went to junior high because it was the first time I had a locker that I wouldn't be able to open it up. Your parents and should have homeschooled you. They probably Well, we walked the whole campus. <laughs> we did like a trial walk. We walked to every classroom like on a Sunday, you know, before school started. And I practiced opening my locker, so. Okay, that sounds like something a homeschooler would do. Yeah. Well, anyhow, so my point is we would spend a good chunk of time every day in school. So if someone's thinking about homeschooling and they're thinking, oh, it's too much time, I can't commit from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day, what's the truth? Okay, the truth is that you probably in your mind should think, um, I am giving the bulk of my day to homeschooling. That's what I think you should go in 
expecting. However, the truth is it doesn't take more. I mean, the actual academics, if you are a kindergartner, you're talking about 30 minutes tops in actual academics, 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. So a brand yeah. new young family saying, right. we're thinking about homeschooling. And you say, uh, I don't know if I have enough time for this. Right. I mean, uh, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. And, and there's a lot surrounding that actual book work or seat work or whatever you want to call it that is definitely school. I mean, I always laugh because I remember in second grade, my class took a field trip to the grocery store. And I remember, I totally remember walking around the grocery store, like in the refrigerator section and thinking, um, don't these kids' parents like take them to the grocery store? I just thought it was the stupidest field trip. And guess what? It was the stupidest field trip (laughs) because it was a trip to the grocery store. And my point is when you're homeschooling mom and you've got a kindergartner and maybe a three-year-old and a baby, I mean, that's how it was for me. Um, you're going to the grocery store with those kiddos ding, 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 social studies, that's school, go through the produce section and say, what color are those apples? What color are those pears? Hey, let's count this. Let's weigh this. That's school. Reading on the couch aloud. um, Gosh, we have spent, I would love to know how many hours I've spent reading aloud to those kids. And that's been a major part of their education. Major. I mean, that's geography, that's history, that's social studies, that's, you know, just so many topics we've hit simply by me reading aloud. Well, and again, like I was saying, if you're starting with a little one going into preschool or kindergarten, yep. it's going to be a small amount of time. Very small amount of time. And I would, I know that with our little mighty Joe, who's a brain injured little guy, he's a, he's doing kindergarten, but he's really a pre-K, um, preschool stuff, 20 minutes tops. Okay. So what I'm saying is, is you start off there. You're going to start off with a small amount of time. Yep, small. Now you're going to add another child. Say, yep. say, mm-hmm. say you say you're crazy like us. And you've got eight <laughs> kids in your yeah. own school. I have I mean, no that idea. That's ridiculous. What to say to you. I know some public <laughs> schools that have fewer kids in their class right. than we do. <laughs> no. So, mm-hmm. so as you add a child, though, and as you go up, there's going to be more time. Yeah. By sheer number of students. Sure. And by what? By age. I mean, a. Uh, Junior in high school is going to spend more time homeschooling than a kindergartner. Okay. So let's look at the reality of that though, because I think what we think in our minds when we haven't actually done this homeschooling thing yet is I've got to do this with this child and this with this child and this one's in first grade and that one's in third grade. And how do you do all those subjects in different ages? Calgon, Calgon, take me away. Yeah. The truth is, okay, here we go. More homeschool truth. Um, We do a lot of subjects together. So, for instance, we do history all together. Everybody in first through eighth grade is doing the exact same history lesson. And it's me either reading it from our fabulous um, The Mystery of History curriculum that we adore, or we're listening to the author um, and an audio version of it. And my eighth graders are taking notes and they are discussing political activities and you know historical truths with me in discussion afterwards. But the first graders coloring a picture of Napoleon. They're not doing the same workload, but we're all studying the same thing. So if you can picture yourself with a, th- a third grader and a first grader, and you're sitting in the in the schoolroom or at your living room table or what you know whatever wherever you're going to homeschool, and you're listening to this history lesson, you're you're doing this together. So it's not like you're teaching one kid ancient Egypt and then you have to go turn and teach the other one American history. You know, there are subjects that can be combined. 
Um, we do all of our Bible study stuff together. We do science together in the elementary grades. Um, so there are lots of little tricks that seasoned homeschoolers have learned along the way that we will happily pass on to you. And um, you can be done in, in, a se- in just a few hours. Okay, so let's just look at this question then one more time. Just kind of back up, focus again. I know. Sorry, I got a little logistics heavy. All right, so let's let's just, uh, you know, as we're thinking about this young couple that might be looking at or listening to this podcast saying, mm-hmm. um, I'm afraid of this time commitment. Now, we've just blown away that theory that it's going to take six hours a day to <laughs> homeschool a, a kindergartner. Right. But the truth is that little child isn't being sent to school every day for six hours. Right. So there's a time commitment. And what's the time commitment, Kench? The time commitment is I've got that little six-year-old with me or whatever all day long. Yeah. So there is a time commitment. You're yeah. you're very right about that. And that very well may be the truth behind that statement. Yeah. I'm not willing to give up my free time right. that I was going to have by putting this little one or these eight kids yeah. in high school, junior high, elementary, and kindergarten. I, I'm I'm giving away that time. Yeah. So, or maybe maybe you really honestly cannot do that for one reason or another. You know, I, I'm not going to project my abilities onto another woman who maybe has different circumstances than I do. But if you are going to commit to this and it's going to take, you know, <laughs> being a mom who's got kids at her side all day long, you, you probably need to readjust your thinking um, to what reality is because we're talking about homeschooling in real life. My real life doesn't look like my mom's real life. Yeah, sure. My mom's Both of our moms had these kids in school. Yeah, and right, they had exactly. homes that were, you know, museum quality. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Did you? I don't even remember going in my living room growing up. <laughs> I don't think we were allowed to you, go in. You went in my living room when we were dating because you used to take the rake and rake like perfect. <laughs> no, that's not what I did. Your mom had perfectly raked the yeah, living room. It was that's per- right. And I used to go and write messages in the carpeting. <laughs> I figured if she was going to take the time, I was going to give her something to do. I don't own a carpet rake. Yeah, either, I don't. <laughs> I have like, we have like a carpet blower. Yeah. <laughs> like a leaf I blower. Think, actually, what we've really considered is just cementing the whole house and putting putting drains in. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. So, um, hey, very realistic question. Good question. And yep. we're glad we had the chance to talk about it. Yeah. Let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll take uh, question number two. Now for that time of the show, we call Hurler's Treasure Chest. Ooh, this is a good one because um, on our last episode when we did the Hurler's Treasure Chest, you recommended the Dollar Shave Club. That's right. Yes. And I had a listener, shout out to Michelle Woot, who went and signed up for it and is totally excited about the Dollar Shave Club. So there you go. Oh, cool. See, so we're recommending cool stuff. I think so. Wait till you hear what I have this week. Oh, man. Okay, go. Yours is going to be better than mine. Okay, if you're a reader of my blog, uh, themangotimes.com, you'll know there's one company I talk about more than any other company. Jockey? Yeah. No, not Jockey. <laughs> Kean Coffee out of Newport Beach. Martin and Karen Dietrich own Kean Coffee. They mm-hmm. are my favorite coffee. I've tweeted about them. I Facebook about them. I take part in every one of their contests. I love this coffee. It's fantastic. It's roasted on site. When you get that coffee... 
there's a roast on date. I mean, they'll roast it and then send it to you. Um, Within 24 hours, right? Yeah, I've done business with them for the last several years. I love them. I can't say enough about them. Yeah. Um, And no kickbacks from them. I will just continue to buy their coffee. That's how much I like it. You know, and the other thing we love is we love companies who just do customer service right. And let me tell you, they nail it. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. I think um, maybe two, three years ago, I emailed Karen and said, hey, I don't even know what Fletch likes because I don't drink coffee. And she just was awesome. Knew what I liked? Yep. Do you know what it is yet? Nope. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great. I do. Weiwei Tenango. Weiwei Tenango. It's a Guatemalan coffee. Uh, I just, I think I just purchased another 15 pounds from them Ooh. for a Christmas gifts. So fabulous. Oh, you just told people what they're getting for Christmas. Oh, I didn't say who's getting it. Okay. Hurlers. I recommend it. Keyandcoffee.com. Kench. Yeah. What are you pulling out of the treasure chest this week? Well, as you know, I don't like coffee unless it comes with ice cream or in ice cream. Um, and so I'm a big tea drinker. But I have one tea that I drink every single day during the cold months, um, which I know we're in California. Our cold is your summer or whatever. But to me, it's cold. And so I drink Good Earth Sweet and Spicy, which is their original blend. Um, Good Earth tea tastes like gingerbread in a cup. Okay. I don't know. I think it tastes like cinnamon. Okay. Cinnamon. Yeah. Sweet and spicy. Yeah. I love it. So we're giving you two hot beverages this week. Hurlers, go check it out. I'm telling you, we get no kickbacks. We're just telling you what we love. We think you're going to love it too. Yep. And we have links on our show notes in case you want to gift Fletch with some key and coffee. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Well, welcome back. We are uh, discussing questions that people who are considering homeschooling might have. And we actually spoke to quite a few people, as you remember at the beginning of the episode, who gave us their reservations about homeschooling. One of them I've heard actually often over the years, which is, I don't think I can give my kids enough of what they need. In other words, maybe I'm not educated well enough or, um, gosh, what the heck would I teach them? I, I don't know everything. I don't know physics. How do I teach them that? I don't have a teaching credential. I don't have a teaching credential. Exactly. So some of the, those are some of the objections um, or concerns that people might have, and that's valid. Sure. This would be a good time for us to just take a quick break and realize that we are not bagging on the public school. Oh, not at all. And we're not bagging on public school teachers. I mean, we have family members that have taught in the public school. Yep. We have very close friends. And I, we have considered, I have, I have taught in the public school system mm-hmm. uh, after I got done with college. And so let's just eliminate that right off the bat, that we're not bagging on public schoolers or on public school teachers. No. And in fact, we have a junior and a freshman in high school right now who are in a hybrid uh, homeschool program through a public charter school. Sure. And we did that. We made that choice because the science teacher at that school is a friend from church who loves Jesus and is doing a bang-up job of her science classes in this school. Yeah, we had hired her for uh, to be a private tutor. We had. We hired her last year to privately tutor one of our sons um, in high school biology. And then we said, uh, wait a minute, why don't we put them in her class? And um, it's been fabulous. So yes, I agree. This is not, we're not taking a pot shot across the board. Let's go again to our young couple who is maybe asking this question. I'm, 
I'm just, I don't know if I can do this. Right. And they're preparing for kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is a funny thing because I think we have this uh, government education system. And, and if you're not in the United States and you're listening to this, you do too. I'm, I'm thinking you probably, if you have access to this podcast, you have some sort of a government-sponsored, government-run education system that is um, compulsory education. And I'm thinking, you know, so many of us have chosen to homeschool because of what we've seen in the public school. I'm not talking about moral issues or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about just sheer academics. We're saying it was not that great of an education. I went through 13 years of public education and four years of a very expensive private university. And if I'm being extremely honest, I can look back and say, meh, not so great. You know, I mean, really, I'm not stupid, but I educated myself quite a lot. And I I actually credit my parents with a lot of my um, education and curiosity and um, knowledge of things in the world. Uh, my parents weren't homeschoolers. They just, we just lived this thing, okay? And so I say, if the public schools are really doing their job as they purport to be, if they're really doing their job, if you have gone through the public education system through 12th grade, tell me why you can't turn around then and teach your own kids at least the first several grades. Is that valid? That is you're going to hear us often talk about people that are fleeing the public school system mm-hmm. out of fear. Right. And, and, and that's gonna, a whole We're going to address it. That's a totally yeah. different show. But in this one, when we're talking about, on this question, talking about academics where I'm not prepared, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can remember the first time this came up and someone had said to us, I don't think I can school my kids at home. And I, I remembered back to my fraternity days back at a very you know, <laughs> animal house type fraternity. Mm. And I had two or three fraternity brothers that were going into teaching. And I, I joked then, I said, if those guys can teach, you know, then, <laughs> yeah. then you can teach your kids right. <laughs> because I knew what those guys were like academically, yeah. uh, socially and everything. And I just, it just made me chuckle because people thought they weren't prepared. Yeah. Um, and these guys were, you know, getting by on the skin of their teeth and their glasses. Right, right. But, you know, truthfully, you know, it, it, let's go to the truth part, okay? We okay. just mentioned that we put our kids uh, with a tutor. Yeah. Because why? Because science is hard to homeschool. I'm well, sorry. and it's hard to homeschool if you're somebody like me who really doesn't like science. And and I actually do a workshop at homeschool conventions called Science for Moms Who Don't Like Science. Um, and with a full plate uh, of eight kids, and actually I've really only ever homeschooled six at a time. That high school science was absolutely daunting to me as a non-science loving person. Um, and they had a lab requirement there that can be fulfilled online now um, through virtual labs. However, Trisha, who's been the science teacher for our kids, was so willing and so you know so loves science that I really credit her with giving our two current high schoolers a love for science that sure. I couldn't give them or didn't give them. Yeah, and there's options for you know we even have uh, people on the podcast network that talk about co-ops. Absolutely, I mean, there's co-oping. There's there's so many different ways to skin this cat. Yeah. So if when, you're, if writing is not <laughs> if you're skinning a cat, yeah, you're probably that's, dissecting that's it. A, that's a science oh, thing. Oh, if you are, I, the one I hear people ask me about a lot is writing because that that is a natural. Um, thing for me to teach. But for a lot of people, writing is the daunting subject, not science. So, you know, there are options. I think that this is the thing going back to that question about, I don't have the skills to, you know, to teach my kids or I don't, whatever. 
17 years ago when we began homeschooling, the pickings were a lot slimmer. Now, the homeschool market is so oversaturated. There are so many options from curriculum to online classes to uh, video curriculum to khanacademy.org. So many options, and you're not stuck. No. You have a lot of help. I mean, every year we reevaluate how we're going to teach. Mm-hmm. And I think there have been years we've implemented a lot of things. We've had friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've teach, traded. You know, and, and so this objection that maybe I'm not. Um, I'm not prepared or I don't know to, I'm not a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know how to parent your kids. Yep. And you, you should... taught them to, to use a potty. Yeah. You taught them the alphabet. You taught them to tie their shoe. You've taught them, you have homeschooled them. Sure. I was going to say you've taught them to put on your clothes, but I've seen my kids <laughs> get dressed for a lot of events. And I just wonder if we got our clothes out of the homeless bin. Yeah. And I think, um, mighty Joe, well, this is like the boy phenomenon. This probably can go on the boy podcast when we get to that podcast. But what is with putting the fly on the butt? Oh, on the underwear? Right. Yeah. I can tell you because most of our uh, little boys' underwear have uh, little images like uh, Thomas the Tank Engine or oh, right. Buzz Lightyear. And you want to see the picture of those <laughs> are on the butt. So those come to the front and then the fly goes in the back. Right, which is awesome. I'm wondering why shoes go on opposite feet. I mean, they bend. It's just that one. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's I one know. of the few times I've considered tattooing our children. <laughs> I thought maybe Left put like right. an R and L and then do the same mm. on their shoes. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So this, this okay, topic, no, very real quick. You have more that you want to I say? I do. I have more. Are always. you shocked? I know. Yeah, okay. Here's what I want to say. This is one more thing. And this actually came from my brother who um, spent uh, at least a decade teaching in public high school. He said, homeschoolers have... Every school teacher's dream, and that is we have one-on-one instruction time. So just by virtue of the fact that you have your kid one-on-one for academics, you have an advantage over every classroom teacher. That's not, again, it's not dogging on them. I'm not saying, you know, they suck. I'm just saying that you have your child one-on-one. And that is every public school teacher's dream, is to be able to educate those kids one-on-one. I know the heart of people who go into teaching. You don't go into teaching nowadays half-heartedly because it's, it's a massively huge commitment and often very difficult. At low pay. At low pay. I mean, there's not a lot of reward. Nope. And you are getting a classroom of 25 to 35 students. That's really tough. But you as the homeschooling parent have the ideal situation. You've got your kid one-on-one. Sure. So, you know, just wrapping this one up, if, if we're looking back then, um, it's a very real question. You know what? I don't feel like I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've been able to say is truthfully, you probably are more prepared than you think. Mm-hmm. And on those things where you really aren't prepared, it's okay to say, I don't know anything about algebra or I only right. went through, you know, fractions. Hey, Fletch, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about algebra. Right. I have and, a bachelor's degree. And I work eight hours a day. Right. So how are we going to teach math to these kids? Exactly. Well, praise the Lord for Khan Academy. And teaching textbooks. And so many other little tricks we've used over the years. Yes. Because our kids are graduating with a great knowledge of math. Yes. And you know what? Here's the deal. And I, I, this is another thing I'll throw in there. For 15 years, I was pregnant or nursing somebody. So my kids didn't get the best of me always. You know, there's a lot of months in there I was over the toilet throwing up with morning sickness. But our oldest two, 
have graduated, got into the schools they wanted to get into. Um, our third son now, that junior who's in the um, public charter homeschool program, he just passed the high school exit exam. Now, that to me is not some fabulous feat. I don't think the high school exit exam in California like shows stellar education. But I'm saying he's a junior. He passed it. He didn't even study for it. He just took it. And that's coming straight out of a homeschool setting where sure. mom had a lot of other students. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, brings us to a perfect time for another break. And now it's time for Q&A with K&A. Hey, it's that time of the show where we ask three fast questions. Yep. You have to answer as quick as you can. Okay. And then <sighs> we just get them on tape. All right. I'm going to go first. I'm going to ask you three questions. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. First question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite topping on frozen yogurt? Um, Chocolate-covered almond. No, malt balls. Malt balls. Good. Right. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Second, if uh, you could have lunch with any actor or actress, who would it be? Oh, right now, right now it would be Mae Whitman. Okay. Third question. Tell me what your favorite article of clothing is. That I own or in general? That you own. That I own. Hmm. Favorite article of clothing? Probably my jeans, because that's pretty much all I wear. Good. All right. So mine are a little different. These are would-you-rather questions. Oh, okay. All right. First one that I pulled from a BuzzFeed list says, would you rather have accordions for legs or have a huge belly button 10 inches long that swayed to the beat of popular music? (laughs) Accordions for legs. That's a slam dunk. Why? Because all right, it's like every boy's dream <laughs> to have accordions for legs. Yeah, oh, well, wow. it's like having springs for legs. Okay, because accordions basically a spring, and I can think of multiple cartoons back in the seventies where people had springs on their feet. And... You could never sneak up on anybody. That'd be cool, though. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, would you rather always have to say everything that comes to your mind or never speak again? Uh, I'll take the first one because it's like a <laughs> I'm borderline there right now. Really? This is a stupid question. Keep going. Okay. Would you rather be a giant... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Would you rather be a giant hamster or a tiny rhino? Oh, my gosh. A giant (laughs) hamster. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. Okay. What would the giant hamster do? Uh, Hello. Run around in a giant hamster ball? (laughs) Okay. Or live in a giant habit trail? (laughs) Those are awesome questions. Hey. All right. All right, we're back for our third and final segment of uh, this episode. And again, I'm thinking about homeschooling, but... But? Uh, the third objection maybe we saw or we, we picked up uh, was our good old friend socialization. <laughs> now, often, you know, we've heard socialization coming from critics. You know, these homeschooled kids aren't going to know how to socialize. And I'm not even going to talk about that. It yeah. has been the most over-discussed uh, yeah. topic. Totally. However, this is the flip side. This mm-hmm. is coming from uh, some believers, mm-hmm. you know, Christ- young Christian couples who are mm-hmm. saying, you know, what? we want our kids in the public school system mm-hmm. or we want our kids in whatever system yeah, because we want them to be salt and light. We want them to be able to um, evangelize. We want them yep. to, to know people who aren't just like them, you know, so, so basically what they're saying, if we, if we break down that, that objection, what they're saying is if I homeschool my kids, they will be so insulated that they will have no idea how to deal with the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, my first response as a dad of eight Mm -hmm. is good initially. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things I don't necessarily want them to be exposed to at the younger ages. Right. And And, and example after example after example of uh, some exposure issues. Sure. But let's not forget the bigger issue here. My kids have sin in their heart that they're going to expose other kids to as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that I have this perfect little pink porcelain child who's untainted. Right. And I don't want to put him in a situation where he's going to be affected. He's already affected. Yeah. And so am I and so are you. And yeah. we've talked about this before. We talked about this on our last episode. Yeah. Um, about homeschooling will will save our children. Yeah. And I think, you know, okay, so there's a, there's a, there are definite different ways to look at this. Um, first of all, I, I think it is valid and important to ask yourself what you mean by socialization. What do you mean? Because socialization is learning the rules of society or being um, civilized or uh, learning how to navigate relationships and um, situations. That's, that's socialization. Socializing is hanging out with friends, having friends, you know. So what is it you mean? Do, do you want your kids um, in the public school so that they can have a quote-unquote social life, um, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, or, or do you want them to learn the culture, learn the rules of society, learn how to navigate relationships, and you're using, so, you're using the public school setting or a school setting to achieve that purpose? Sure. Now, I'm going to speak really directly to the evangelism thing because that's my heart is the gospel. Yeah. I, I want, if there's anything I want my children to know when they leave our house, mm-hmm. it's the gospel, yeah. how to articulate the gospel how to engage other people with the gospel. I don't think that my little second and third graders are going to be doing a lot of evangelism. <laughs> However, I do think I will. Mm-hmm. And what I have seen over our lives with our kids is I've just brought my kids along on every experience. Yeah. Whether it's engaging in the public forum or in the private forum, I've just shown them, I've demonstrated to them how to articulate the gospel. I've made sure they understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I guess I don't feel like we missed out on that opportunity with our children. Mm. I think we could have definitely, uh, grabbed more opportunities when our older kids were younger. Um, because that was a time frame where we were operating a bit out of fear. We didn't want our kids to be tainted, by those other kids, you know, ha. Yeah, we did joke. have that picture that our kids were right. the clean ones. Exactly. And um, so I think we we did not grab at some of those opportunities that we could have. Um, but I think now, you know, definitely we would say to them, let's let's join that soccer team. If that is going to be, you know, if, that's, if there's compelling reasons to do so, we won't shy away from it because it will give us the opportunity to uh, build some relationships with people who maybe aren't exposed to believers. And that's child by child, Mm -hmm. activity by activity, right? situation by situation and year by year. You know, if you, if you remember, uh, we spoke, I think it was, uh, homeschooling episode three Yes, on uh, Harry Potter Halloween. We, we spoke with a friend of ours who had talked about their whole family, uh, kind of rallying around one of their sons playing football. Yeah. 
And for the same reason, they had this opportunity to uh, get involved in their community. Yeah. So though there's definitely ways, if this is a concern, and again, valid concern. And you know what? Do it naturally. Do what you love to do. You don't have to trump up something where you think, well, this is what homeschoolers do. Because remember, there was that era where like all homeschoolers raise chickens in their backyard or all homeschoolers <laughs> take their boys out and teach them to shoot, you know, we or whatever. Raise chickens. I know we raise chickens, but we live on two acres. Oh, it made yeah. sense. But, you know, um, do what comes naturally to you. Dad, if you're into NASCAR, oh my gosh, take those kids to NASCAR. And that is a crummy environment, I'm sure. I've never been well, to one. Well, that's ultimately why our kids got involved in water polo was because I loved water polo. Exactly. Yeah. And, but you can, you know, and I, I have a music degree. And so the choir thing is a natural for me too. Those are my people. And so that's a natural in and a natural thing for your family to be involved in. Um, of course, oh gosh, do you remember the time we went to the 49ers football game and we sat up in the box because our friend um, provided that for us? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so funny because we were in that stage where we were just protecting our kids from everything. And so, and so here we get this private box. Private box. And we're not going to be, be down among the crowd where there's, you know, beer chugging and yeah, profanity, you know, all that stuff. They, all we, the cheerleaders were right there in your face, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, what happened? It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was a 49er game, and uh, there's a certain part of the 49er organization called the Gold Rush, yeah, which is <laughs> the you know bikini cheerleaders, and they yeah. they came in, and every box owner got private pictures with members of the Gold Rush uh. team. Yeah. So here I have And they're these. like Budweiser girls. Oh, I mean, it, was, it was great. They're not wearing a whole no, lot. It was, it was, couldn't <laughs> have been a, a funnier situation because I think it was also <laughs> when taking a photo and texting was brand new. Oh, yeah. Because I immediately grabbed all, I had a, I had a handful of, of young little boys with me and I said, here, <laughs> come here and get a picture with the cheerleaders. And then I texted it to their moms and said, you know, having a great time at the football <laughs> game. You know, and it was just one of those situations where as much as we were trying to insulate, yeah, you know, there's going to be times when that happens and, you know, we we made complete light of it. We made, you know. And then we had the discussion because I remember having that discussion with these boys and being like, so guys, you know, what do you think? What do you do when this woman bombards you with her very, very, um, sexy attire you know, that's a real life situation. Yeah. These boys are going to face that yeah. their whole lives in one way or another. So, And it's know, classic for us to, to face that with humor in our family. I mean, yeah. we just, at, at first we just kind of laughed and said, oh, here's a funny situation we're stuck in again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did, we did have that conversation. So, you know, this question, uh, I'm worried about the opportunities. There are plenty of opportunities while you are parenting this child mm-hmm. to show them culture, to show them how to engage culture, to show them how to avoid certain parts of culture, yeah, how to, how to, you know, what's hot, don't touch it. What's sharp, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are those areas where you can walk in and bring Jesus with you, uh, how to articulate the gospel, mm-hmm. how to show them, uh, to, you know, like we were talking about hope shifting last week, mm-hmm. how not to put their hope in, Education and and sports and looks and money and friends and friend and every and and then on the other side and religion mm-hmm. and perfect behavior right um, but how to just put their hope in Christ alone yeah and then how to articulate that to other people mm-hmm. how to find other people that are hope shifting yeah 
and just speak the truth into those situations. Yeah. And to know that that comes out of their, and just to know how much God loves them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I truly don't know how we were going to do that if they were away from us for six hours a day. Yeah. And so having right. them at home in order to, to, to just to, to speak exactly opposite of what this objection was, they were home so that they could learn the gospel. Right. So that they could learn these things. Yeah. And that, again, you know, is what homeschooling affords us. It's not the answer. It is a tool. And it's a fabulous tool because it is the better hours of your kid's day. It just gives you the time to walk alongside. Well, hey, is that it for this show? I think so. Well, you know what? No, it's not. I have one more thing to say. Are you shocked? Not at this point. (laughs) The one more thing is bouncing off this thing about discipling them in the best hours of the day. If you make the choice ultimately not to homeschool and to put your kids in public school or private school or whatever, you know, the option is in your area, you still have the same responsibility to disciple them and point them to Jesus. So can it be done? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can do that. But you might just have to find um, more opportunities, uh, be a little more creative because you don't have those time, those best hours with them. Right. Hey, that was a good final statement. Well, thanks. And uh, that's a good way to wrap up this episode. But before we go, mm-hmm. we just want to remind all of our hurlers, we need to hear from you. We love to hear from you. It's helpful to us. Actually, as we're recording this too, I've got our Facebook page open. Uh, it is facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. If you're not a friend, become our friends. Yeah. And here's why. We have 418 little thumbs up likes on our page. And we would love to see this start bumping up into the thousands and, and not because like, woohoo, we have a thousand followers, but because we want people to know we're here. We really would love to be that source of encouragement for uh, homeschooling and hey, non-homeschooling families, people who are thinking about homeschooling. But, but <laughs> you're right. And we're just trying to get this message out because we, these are based on conversations we've had over the years. They're based on conversations we've had with several of our friends and even with some of our listeners. I mean, this is homeschooling in real life. We want to take a fresh look at homeschooling. Yep. We, we actually want to have some humor. We want to talk about the real issues that are hidden behind the curtains of homeschooling. Hmm. So follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL or on Twitter. Yes, we are at homeschool IRL. And if you want to know what some of our upcoming shows are, just go onto our webpage. It's theultimateradioshow.com. Go to the show calendar. You'll see what we have planned. We have some great interviews. I mean, I'm not kidding you. We've nailed some very fun interviews in, in the next coming weeks. Oh, I'm excited. And our next episode comes out when, Kench? Our next episode will be on December 20th, and it is a Christmas episode, but it's a Christmas episode... That will maybe just allow you to take a breath because our desire is not to put more on you and say, this is what you should be doing. This is how you need to do Christmas with your kids. No, five days before Christmas, we're going to have some fun. Yep. Fun. I'll bring the eggnog. We're going to jingle some bells. Okay. And um, a little mistletoe. Ooh. Ooh. It's going to get Great episode. Thanks for turning in. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Homeschooling IRL podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts, or to find other homeschooling radio programs, visit us on Facebook at 
facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl or on Twitter at homeschoolirl.